welcome to the Living With Less podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea DeMattis, and I'll be bringing you weekly episodes to encourage and invite you along on this journey of living with less of the things getting in the way of our relationship with Christ. Here's today's episode. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Living With Less podcast. Um, This week, we're celebrating the 4th of July and our freedom and our independence and our country, but also as Christians, I think these um, holidays, just for me, really point me to knowing the freedom that we have in Christ and understanding that our freedom is not free. Our freedom isn't free here in our country, but also Our freedom isn't free, and Jesus had to die for our sins, and just the new life that that's given us is such a gift to me, and I know such a gift to you guys. So today we have a very special guest on the show. Her name is Caitlin Chaffel Rogers. She is the author of Not From God, and I couldn't think um, of a better way to celebrate this week than to bring her on the show and to share the freedom that she has experienced with Christ and the freedom that her book has to offer for all of you guys. So hi, Caitlin. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Um, She has the sweetest Southern accent. I'm so (laughs) jealous. I'm like, gosh, why do I have to be from Ohio? No, Um, I don't think I have one. And then I remember like when when I talk to people who don't have one, I'm like, oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love it. We love it up here. Um, so if you want to just share a little bit about yourself, like where you go to church, when your book launched, just some fun stuff about you. Yeah. So like she said, my name is Caitlin Chapel Rogers. I keep the chapel. That's my main name. Um, because I really like my main name and Caitlin Rogers is like a super just common name. So <laughs> anyway, that's why I keep it. Um, and fun fact, I actually want to name my first child chapel, boy or girl. So. Oh, that's sweet. Yes. And my husband is like all for it. So I'm excited about that. Um, so I go to Church of the Highlands. It's based out of Birmingham, Alabama, but I live here in Huntsville, Alabama. And so we have campuses all over. Pastor Chris Hodges is the pastor. Um, it's a huge church, but we've, of course, gotten into small groups and met a lot of people. That's actually how I met my husband. Um, He was leading a small group. (laughs) And he did not want to lead a small group. He is not outgoing at all. He's super kind, super reserved, um, just kind of keeps to himself. And one of his guy friends made him lead it. He was like, you're leading this with me. So um, I came to the small group to just meet people. And um, did not notice him at all. I did go home and tell my mom after one of the meetings, I was like, you know, this guy, Caleb, like every time he prays, I'm just like, he just is so sweet. (laughs) That's so great. Whoever marries Caleb Rogers is the luckiest girl in the world. Like it's not going to be me, but whoever marries him is great. Um, So I did not know that he like fell in love with me from literally like the first time he saw me. And I mean, I acted like, a complete idiot the whole summer, you know, I just was like being myself, which is not what I used to do around guys. I would of course mm-hmm. try to like make them like me. I was mm-hmm. super nervous. Um, so by the end of the summer, he asked me on a date, um, he asked me to go fishing and he was like, I've already gotten you a fishing pole and all this stuff, which that's so cute. Me, I, that's like not my ideal first date, but <laughs> <laughs> we did that. Um, he had to kill a snake. 
um, yeah. So, so it sounds like we are like really Southern hillbillies here, but <laughs> Hey, you know, I've never been on a first date going fishing. Maybe I'll tell my husband to take me fishing. Yes. That'd be yes. cute. Um, That'd be anyway, cute. Well, we've been married for two years now. Um, and we both serve at church together. Uh, he's super supportive just of my ministry and of my writing. Mm, that's um, awesome. And we are on a mission to go see all the major league baseball stadiums in the country. He's a baseball coach. so That's so fun. Uh, and I just love to travel. So I was like, I'll go anywhere. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So obviously your book that you um, had launched, it's been a year now almost, right? Yeah. Okay. Launch, well, it launched December 13th, okay. which is Taylor Swift's birthday. <laughs> Go girl. Fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you like started writing this book, what got you to the place of being like, okay, I need to put this message on paper. Like this message, this message is more than just for me. Like when did that happen for you? And like, kind of why did that happen? How did God like birth this for you? So I have been a writer really my whole life. I've always wanted to write a book. Um, I, when I was little, I would write stories. And when my friends would come over to play, instead of going to play outside, I would make them have illustration contests just to illustrate my story. Like what a horrible childhood I'm sure they had with me, but, (laughs) (laughs) but they like participated and I would pick a winner and they would be the illustrator of my story. Um, so it's just something that I feel like I was born to do. Um, Mm -hmm. so I started writing a blog and my senior year of college. So that was 2014. Um, and it was called words paint a thousand pictures.com. It was, it was not the best, but it was a start. So, exactly. We all, we all have to start somewhere. Yes. We and do. I feel like God, like the dreams that God puts on our hearts, they never start the way they're going to finish. No, exactly. Ever. And I had written a blog, um, called don't get married. And the blog was about don't get married until like you found the right person. Yes. And I had been through, of course, the college relationships, mm-hmm. all that. Um, but it got quite a bit of views and I thought, oh, people might want to read what I write. So mm-hmm. I kept the blog mm-hmm. up um, and I started I started writing like an evotional when I started writing this book. And I thought, okay, let me see if people would rather want to read an evotional or a paperback book. And I was thinking paper, paper. (laughs) So I was thinking I could, I wanted to really like raise money to go to the she speaks conference because it's not cheap. So, um, I thought, okay, maybe if I charge people like three bucks, like I'm just thinking, I was thinking super small while God was planting a seed that was so cool. Yeah. So I put like a poll up on Instagram, like, would you rather do emotional paperback mm-hmm. and like overwhelmingly paperback? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, me too, but I didn't know what people would want. So I just kind of started like thinking I could, like, I've always wanted to write a book and be published. And mm-hmm. I thought I would get a publisher and do that. Mm-hmm. And I thought I could just publish this on my own. Like, I know people who have done it through Amazon. I can do this, like, with the help of my friends who are graphic designers and. Yes. You know, I couldn't have done it by myself, but, um, I just thought, uh, let's, let's just do this. And I started writing and, and the, the whole idea came because I was going through a really hard season of a really dark depression. Mm-hmm. My first year of marriage, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't because I was married. And I think my poor husband thought I have ruined her life. Yes. I mean, 
and he asked me that. He's like, I mean, your life, he's like, you're the happiest person I've ever met until we got mm-hmm. married. And that like, mm-hmm. makes me want to cry, but um, it was horrible. I mean, I woke up like feeling like I was suffocating every day. Like mm-hmm. I cried constantly. I cried myself to sleep almost every single night. Um, I just had no joy. Like I could mm-hmm. not find a purpose for living. And I knew it was the Lord and I, I loved him. But I just begged every day, like, mm-hmm. please take this away. And so he really started to speak to me like, hey, Caitlin, these things that you're feeling, this anxiety, this depression, this comparison, mm-hmm. all these things, they're not even from me. And that's where the title came from, not from God. Oh, because I goosies. think that we think, <laughs> I know me too, that everything in the world is from him. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, that must be from God. I have to deal with it. Well, he never intended any of those things. Amen. We live in a fallen world Mm -hmm. and like as much as we don't want to say this like satan rules this world i Mm -hmm. mean he does like Mm -hmm. he's he's the prince of the air which means he he rules this world and god trumps him even in this world but god rules in the heavenlies he he's seated on the throne Mm -hmm. when we can access that the spiritual realm and bring it to earth but there are evil things going on and people get confused and think God is allowing them when really he's just, he's waiting to come back. I mean, he's waiting. That's like the saying, um, I actually had a friend that recently walked through a really hard season, came to me and said, I just don't want to go. She didn't want to go back to work because she didn't want to have to deal with people asking questions of why she wasn't there. And she's like, I just don't want someone to say, God only gives you what he knows you can handle. And like, and I told her, and it was cool because I was able to speak to that too, where I'm like, no, God didn't do that. Like, yeah. that's not from him. And it is true. Like, so many times people just think, oh, if God if God made the world, everything yeah. that happens is just that. So I that's love that. That's such a hard, it's like a hard thing to grasp. And because like he, he is so, sovereign and all powerful mm-hmm. and like, he does. It's it's so confusing to think like, wait, he doesn't rule the world. Well, ever since the fall of man, like Satan is on the prowl, mm-hmm. like in the world. And so, I just really, as I started writing, I realized, you know, maybe I'm not the only one, and I need to get this message out for other people. Yes. And so, I wrote I wrote ten different chapters, and it's it's a small book, which of course I like beat myself up about a million times. And my husband was like. Caitlin, did you write what the Lord told you to write? And I was like, yes. And he was like, just because it's small does not mean it's not powerful. Well, you're going to laugh. I actually won't pick up a big book. No, I don't. I don't. If you're a big book reader and lover out there, I'm not hating on that. I just, I don't like reading big books. I'm not a huge reader. But when it's something that speaks specifically to me and I'm like, oh, this isn't 40 chapters. Like I can do this. I I can can read this. (laughs) Yeah, that's what so many people have said. They're like, I read it in a day and I picked it back up. Like people will tell me like, me and my me and my husband got in a fight and I remembered your chapter on a fence. So we yes. went and read a fence. Yes, that's so cool. Right? That's, that's so what cool. It's, for. it's supposed to be like a tool. And yes. So I almost published it. I tried I'm not patient. So I mm. kept trying to like get it done. And mm-hmm. I was like, why is this not like happening? And so I had met Jessica Honiger from Noonday Collection, and she mm-hmm. wrote Imperfect Courage. I met her at her book launch, and, like, we, like, clicked. And so I gave her a really janky copy of my book that was, like, printed from, like, the local printer. And 
she messaged me and she was like, I read your book on the flight home. Like oh. it's exactly what I needed. Oh, and so I was That's like, so cool. okay, I'm just going to ask her to endorse it. Like I'm just going to yes. do it. So she agreed, but she was super busy, of course. Mm-hmm. And so I kept waiting and I was like, okay, she's not going to send it. I'm just going to publish it. And one of my friends was like, you do not publish it until you get her endorsement. Mm-hmm. Like, do not. So I got it. And as I was waiting for that endorsement, God, God told me, hey, you have to add to each chapter how to replace those lies with the truth. And I was like, that's so oh my cool. gosh, that's why I had to wait. Yes. So the book would not be what it is if there was not truth to replace it with. Because we can remove the lie, but then there's a hole. Yes. So we well, that's the other thing I was going to ask you, or one of the other things I wanted to ask you is like, okay, so the lie comes in, especially for newer believers. Um, how do we take those thoughts captive? Like I know, I think it's in Romans where it talks about take your thoughts captive before the Lord. Um, I can't remember the address of it, but like in your book, how do you say, okay, here's the lie. Here's how to replace it. Like, what does that look like for someone that's a new believer or even an old believer? That's just maybe thought that, Oh, everything that happens is God. And right. Yeah. So the end of each chapter, there's remove, replace, recall. And so it's, Here's the lie. We're going to remove mm-hmm. it. Here's the truth. We're going to replace mm-hmm. it. And then we're going to recall the scripture, like the truth from God. Because at the end of the day, and I'm not always the best of this, mm-hmm. but truth is scripture. Like, yes, you need to say like fun things and phrases, but like, if it's not rooted in scripture, it's not effective. It's words. So yeah. It's just words. Mm-hmm. And I can write words all day long, but like, and I get really nervous writing because I'm like, I don't ever want anyone to read my word and take it as truth. Like, mm-hmm. I want you to be like encouraged to go to the word because of yes. my words. Yes. I just almost want it to be like a road sign to mm-hmm. leave. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not the end. Mm-hmm. So in the book, I just really encourage people. Like it's a, it's a muscle you have to work. And like, there are, it's yes. proven. My counselor told me this. There are pathways in our brains, Mm. like actual pathways from the thought patterns that we have. And it is very hard to make a new pattern, but we have to practice. Even yesterday I was with my counselor and she was like, it is exhausting sometimes, but you just have to every day when a thought comes in and you think, okay, yeah, I'm not good enough. Like, that's Mm. right. That's true. You just have to say, oh, that's a lie. I'm going to say out loud. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. I'm a workmanship of God. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to mm-hmm. pull those scriptures out that say I'm enough in Christ. Um, so it's really just a practice. Yes. And- One thing I've like told the, my listeners like so many times, I have like post-its and notes like all through my house. I put tons of them in my coffee cabinet because I go there multiple times a day. And I mean, hallelujah to coffee. But yeah. I've told them like, and like for repetition and like getting into the habit, you need to put it somewhere if it's not where you automatically go. So I'm like, put it, you know, I have dealt with driving anxiety for the last, gosh, I think it's been five years. That's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I'm just going to claim that over me right now, but I've really struggled with that. And so I would put, um, post-it notes of his truth in my car. So I'm like, I'm claiming these over my drive that's normally filled with anxiety. Like, it's not from him. And so I do think, like you said, having like 
the truth and the things that we need to recall and like claim over our lives is so important. Um, and I know another thing, like I've talked about on the podcast several times is how like darkness and light, like because we're in the world, yes, they coexist together, but they can't coexist in harmony. And, you know, that God is always fighting for us. He's always trying to like permeate his light within our darkness. And like you talked about, like going through that season of depression, it feels dark. It fe- it truly feels like you're sitting in darkness. Like I've been in that same situation. Um, but do you have like a story from that season where you felt like God really like just came in and like spoke something to you? Like, was there a moment where you're like, holy cow, his light just straight up permeated this? Yeah. So, um, this is like, if you can have a favorite, distor- a favorite story from your depression, this is it. Um, I would really try because I knew like, this isn't me. Like I am a joyful person. Mm-hmm. Like I am a happy person and I, I have reasons to be happy. So I would try to find really little things that make mm-hmm. me happy. And this like always makes me tear up because it was like, I just felt bad for myself. Like mm-hmm. I, I felt like I just wanted other people to be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like I feel bad for you. Yes. But they didn't know and they couldn't. And, um, so I would, I mean, like a cup of coffee would be like so special to me. Mm-hmm. Um, not being at work was really sweet. Um, just like little thing, like when I would get to go for a walk, but the, the thing that really hit me the most, I would, I would lie in bed at night Usually my husband was asleep and I'd be like crying or just like mm. asking God, like, why do I feel like this? And we have no curtains on our bedroom windows, which people always tell us like, y'all are going to get murdered. And I'm like, I like natural light. So leave me alone. Um, yeah, girl. Me too. But like that we light. leave the blinds like cracked. Mm-hmm. So every single night I could see the moonlight like mm. pouring and mm. it would kind of like dance on the walls and like be on the floor mm-hmm. And I would just lay there and like smile, like that light, that moonlight is so pretty. And I've, every time I felt like God was saying, when the, when the night is darkest, that's when that moonlight Mm. comes in and you can see it. That's so good. It was just like, only he could have done that. You know, like, it's like, he was letting me know, like, please keep holding on. Like my light is coming. Yes. My light is here and my light literally blocks out all the darkness Mm -hmm. like and you are part of my light you know like Mm. the light lives within Mm -hmm. you and there's a there's a verse and I can't remember the address either but it says that we are children of the father of light yes never seen that until after I wrote the book so like I didn't even put it in the book but we are children of the father of light and so he does not ever want us to stay in darkness and that so now when I see the moonlight I just like And what I think is so cool about that story is the fact that, like, it's literally dark at night, too. Not only are you feeling darkness, but, like, it was in the time when, like, it's the darkest in your slice of the world. And, like, he totally met you in that. And I think, um, like, I'm one where I feel like he has to, like, show me by something so tangible. Like, it's great when there are little things that I know he puts on my heart. But, like, when there's something you see, like, you'll never forget that. And you think of it every time you see the moonlight at night. Um, I was also going to say, of course, it's in the Psalms. I, I just read the verse this morning and I can't think of the address. All the addresses to these verses will be in the show notes. So you'll be able to find them. 
Um, but it talks about how, like, be, ba- be brave, be strong, don't give up, expect God to show up soon. And I know, like, in my really deep places of anxiety and depression, same thing, where I sat there and I would just cling to that verse. And I'm like, you promise you're going to show up soon. I don't know what that looks like, like, outside of time, but it's a promise. And like you say, like, you don't ever want people to take our words for truth. But when there's verses like that, where you can say, no, like he promises this, I don't know what that promise looks like in your life, but he's coming. Like he's coming. Um, so I ask everybody this question when they come on the podcast, but if you were to tell anybody, like if someone came up to you and said, you know, what do I need to live with less of in my life to become more like Christ? Like, what would you tell that person? So, and this is something I try to tell myself every day. Um, I would just tell them to live with less of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I fell into the trap a long time ago of thinking that being humble was tearing myself down. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was still thinking of myself all the time. And I don't know who said it. And it's that, it's that quote that's like, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Amen. So, yeah, and maybe you can like put that. in the show notes who said that. Yes, I, can't I will look that up because that's really good. That's yeah, really good. it's just, we, like, if I sit here and tell you, like, oh, like, I just, I feel so ugly today, or, like, I'm so bad at this, or blah, blah, mm. blah. Well, I've still been talking about myself the whole time. Yes. And I can find things that are wrong with me. Like, I, I can. Or I can choose to think of Jesus first, mm-hmm. others next, and me last. Mm-hmm. And that's in my book. And I like kind of made fun of myself for putting it in there. Cause I was like, this is very like Sunday school when we were 10, but it's J O Y Jesus others yourself. Yes. I love that. I'm going to remember that forever. That's yes. so good. It's, yes. it's an easy thing. And like joy. I mean, that brings you joy to think of and Jesus. It does. First. And then, you know, to think of others and like, of course you have to care for yourself, but when you live with less of you mm-hmm. and more of Jesus, mm-hmm. My favorite mentor in the world, his name was Larry Nelson, and he passed away. But mm-hmm. he said constantly, I've never sat down and talked with him when he didn't say, less Larry, more Jesus. Like, he did that's not so want good. himself yes. in the way of anything. And I just think that's the key. Like, Absolutely. Him, like, we have to get out of our own way. Mm-hmm. I, stand in the, I stand in the way of my own blessings all the time. Mm-hmm. And when we get out of our own way, God's like, all right, now we're good. I can yes, give you like, what I- Yes, he can finally like work through you. I know um, our old pastor at our old church, like he is just, he's, I always call him my like um, pastor dad because yeah. we're just like super close. Um, he married my husband and I, and I went and met with him at Panera one day and I was like, I am having such bad anxiety. And he said, okay, if you went to the doctor, you know, they'd write you a prescription for 30 days. He said, yeah. here's the prescription I'm going to give you. I, every single time you have an anxious thought, I want you to pray for someone that you know needs the Lord. Ooh. Every time for 30 days. He goes, I'm going to prescribe you on prayer for someone else. Because he said, stop. You're getting so fixated on your issue and mm-hmm. Satan's then baiting you into that. He's like, pray for someone else. And as he said that to me, Literally, he said that to me, and the person I was supposed to pray for, his name came in my head. He walked away from the Lord, um, like, right after he married his wife, who loves the Lord so much, and they've been in such a hard season. And I was like, if I wouldn't have gotten out of my own way, 
Yeah. Here's this man that's walked away from the Lord and now his marriage is struggling. And I prayed for him. I literally prayed for him every single day for a month. And I felt at the end of the month um, that I was supposed to reach out to him and tell him that, you know, I've been praying for you, so on and so forth. And it was, it was really cool. And I just thought, I've never been prescribed prayer before, but like, and it was prayer for someone else. And so I just love how you point out that whole joy aspect, because it's true. I felt so much more joy. And for whatever reason, why I was feeling so anxious, because I took it off of me. And it was about Jesus and this young man that I started praying for. That's amazing. And like, I I didn't expect for him to say, pray for someone else. I thought he would say, when you get an anxious thought, pray for. Right. Yeah. Nope. He's like, pray for someone else. Forget about yourself. Yeah. And it was so cool. And it was so true. And it like, like you said about like humility, like that's having humility. That's being able to like, like you said, not that we're not supposed to take care of ourselves and our well being and all of that, but sometimes we make things worse because we just get stuck in thinking those awful thoughts of ourselves. Um, Okay. Last thing I'm going to ask you before we wrap this baby up is what are some of your like truths that you kind of keep in your arsenal when dealing with hard stuff or when like the lies come in? Like, do you have like a favorite verse or two that you like cling to? Yeah. So um, I, I talked about in the book, like, um, that we are his workmanship and we are his mm-hmm. masterpiece. And mm-hmm. Ephesians talks about that. And that's one of my favorite verses, not only for myself, but to keep that truth tucked away for when someone bothers me. Yes. Um, or yes. when someone has done something not nice to me, to remember they are also his workmanship. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. That's his daughter, that's his son. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's definitely one of my favorite verses that I've just tucked away recently. And then I'll have to find the the address to give to you for the verse about the father of the light, um, that we are children of the father. I literally, of the light. I know the verse you're talking about. It says, um, I feel like it's in first or second Peter, but we can look that up. But it says, yes. um, for we are not children of darkness, but we're children of the day, children of the light. Yes. That's yes. it. That's one of my favorites. And then, um, there's a whole chunk. I'm real. I'm not even going to act like I'm not really bad at addresses. I like can see the words yep. in my. Yes. So um, that's actually something I'm working on this year is memorizing more scripture with the addresses. Um, but there's a whole section um, that talks about what's not from God. Mm. And it's so weird because again, I did not, I did not know about that scripture and that chunk until after I wrote the book. And that's I was like so mad crazy. at myself. I was like, I didn't put it in there. And my mentor was like, Caitlin, no one can, like, it's fine. Like, yes. everyone can read that yes. in the Bible. Well, and so, like, I feel like for me too, God has really shown me, even like through doing the podcast stuff and through writing more and more, like when I came to him in this posture of like, okay, Lord, I know you've asked me to do this. I know you, he asked me to do this because it's about me and him. So like, yeah. if there's something left out of your book or there's something I forget to say, that's for me. Right. And he's going to find a way to speak that to somebody else if he'd like to. But sometimes like some of these little truths or like these things that stand out in the word, like they're just for us. They're like a little gift from him. So I think that being able to just know that like that was for you, that was your little gift from him and they can read it in the Bible. So you don't have to worry about that. But that's, that's one of my favorite, that's something I cling to. That's such a truth for me is that 
he tells us, you know, these evil spirits in the world, they're, they're not from God. And then it says, but you are from God. Mm, it says, that's so good. That's and so I good. have to tell myself every day, even when I mess up, like I am from God, like I'm with him, yes. I'm in him, I'm from him. And, and then I like go on to say, it's almost like a math equation, but like if I'm from God and God is love, then I am love. Like yes. we are all love yes. and that's what we're supposed to carry. And I just, yeah, going back to those truths really, like I said, it's not easy because I get mm-hmm. in my little hole of everything's horrible. I hate everything. Yeah. I've messed up. I'm not good enough, but that simple, one simple scripture, mm-hmm. one simple phrase from God really can change everything. That's so good. That's so good. Well, I'm so glad you came on the show. This is so exciting for me. And we'll actually get to meet in person, which I can't wait. That'll be in just a few weeks. So that'll be so cool. Um, But guys, everything that we talked about today will be on the show notes at ChelseaDematis.com. And we're also going to do a really fun giveaway. Caitlin's going to be giving away um, one of her books as well as a bookmark. So you'll see those posts on Instagram, on her page, and on mine. And you can like the photo and then comment your friends in there for extra entries. Um, So yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks, Caitlin, for being on. Um, Yes, so we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. You can find everything we talked about at chelseadematis.com. If you have any questions, please reach out over social media. I'd love to chat. If you enjoyed today's episode and are loving the podcast, I would be so honored if you left a review on iTunes or shared on social media. Your kind words and encouragement mean the world to me. And I pray to continue showing you God's grace over my life as you all journey this out with me. Wherever you find yourself listening today, know that you were fully loved and fully known by God.